the way this story plays out, the priests then bearing the Aaron Kodesh, the Ark of the Covenant, they go down to the Jordan and they dip their feet in the river and the river stops. A miracle at the Jordan River. But what led to this moment? Find out next on Our Jewish Roots. Thank you for joining us today. I'm David Hart. I'm Kirsten Hart. I'm Joshua. And I'm Caleb. Rahim Habayim. Welcome, friends. I love that. We welcome you guys. Oh, thank you. So glad that you are at this table with us full time now. How does it feel? Comfy. I love just, the chairs. Just, yeah, just, <laughs> just as it like should. The chairs. Great. Those, those kind of comforts the Israelites didn't have. I mean, it wasn't no. all cushiony for them. This was no? a difficult time, a transition time, as you're in, that Moses, now in this program, Moses is dying, Moses is dead. dead, and the Israelites had followed him for so long that now they have to get into the mentality of following this new guy, Joshua. Now, they had seen, you know, some of the miracles that happened, you know, in Egypt coming out, of, and, and they had witnessed God's mighty hand on east of the Jordan River. They defeated King Sihon and King Og, a 14-foot giant. They wiped out 60 cities of those Amorites, and they thought everything was good, but that was under... Moses' command, and now Moses is dead, and it's Joshua's time to take over, and God has to elevate Joshua in their eyes in order for them to come across that first miracle. Mm. That's good. We're actually going to the dramatic reenactment right now, all about Joshua. Let's go there now. Ever since we left Mount Sinai, the priests have played a vital role in the fabric of our people. Adonai told Moses that all priests should come from the tribe of Levi, and they were to be given special duties in the service of the tabernacle. Now that their leader has passed away, they wonder, to whom should they now give ear? So, now that Moses is no more, Adonai speaks to you directly. Yes. And how do you know the voice that you hear is that of Adonai? I just know. Joshua, we believe you and take comfort in knowing that you are certain. It took Moses 40 years to lead us here. Now that we are so close to our land of promise, we must know that Adonai is directing our steps into it. And, of course, then commanded by you. Moses is dead, but his message lives. And the same God that speaks to him now speaks to me. And I tremble when I hear his voice, but he tells me to take courage. What else has he told you? He told me every piece of land upon which I step is claimed for me. And all the children of Israel will 
possess the land from the Euphrates to the Great Sea, but today we cross the Jordan. And you have called upon me because? The priests will lead the people across the Jordan bearing the ark. But before you cross to the other side, stand still in the water and the water will be cut off. The people will cross into the promised land on dry ground. The very banks of the Jordan are overflowing. It's the season of rain. Never mind. The Lord stopped the waters of the Red Sea. He will stop the waters of the Jordan. But that was 40 years ago. Stand still. Let him do it again. We shall. This is the Jordan River. Perhaps it's not the portion of the river in the north that many pilgrims have visited, but it's actually the area closer to Jericho where it's believed the children of Israel crossed over into the Promised Land back under Joshua's direction. Its waters are muddy now as they must have been 3,400 years ago, even overflowing the banks of the river in this, the rainy season. It's called the Yarden, the Jordan. I'm referencing this body of water right here. It's not all that formidable, impassable. There was already technology to dam up rivers so armies could cross, but really, people needed to see a miracle. And I mention that because at the advent of Moshe Rabbeinu's ministry, at the advent of his, there was a miracle with the parting of the sea. Granted there, there was pressure with an army pressing behind and it was more dramatic. And this isn't quite the Red Sea, but the Jordan is, um, it's here. And it's interesting that Neshkadol Hoya Shem, a great miracle happens. The same sort of thing, the parting of the border. As it happened with Moses, it happens with Joshua. And that has a way of certifying Joshua's ministry. I love teaching the Bible, every minister does, but I love doing it from the places themselves. And we're really at the place of the crossing. Very famous site here. This is the Yarden, the Jordan. It's 156 miles of river, starts up right around Tel Dan. In fact, Jordan is named after Dan, one of the tribes. There's a site in the north. The water there makes its way into Canaret into the Sea of Galilee, Sea of Tiberias known as by the Latin. And then it goes down this stretch right to the Dead Sea the Jordan River. In fact, the country right behind me, and I could throw a rock from here and it would hit Jordanian territory. Even Jordan, the country, is named after. And here, this part, uh, we're in Israel, but it's the West Bank, a Palestinian territory under their control at this juncture. It's the West Bank of what? The Jordan River. This place plays uh, a part in history today as much as yesterday, but principally we're interested in yesterday's world and for that I use biblical literature as the primary guidebook. I would imagine Joshua, well I know, I don't need to imagine, I know he was nervous about it. We're told in the Torah that before Moses finishes running his course, Joshua is propped up formally and fully 
And I wouldn't call him an untested leader. He's been in battle in other places as well. But the point is now he's the man. And people were wondering if he has what it takes. And he was wondering himself if he had what it took. And I mentioned that. You say, Jeffrey, how do you know? You didn't live back then. And even if you did, how do you climb into his world? Well, I know the testimony that's left in Scripture. And if you look in uh, Joshua chapter 1, and I want to hear from the text that bears his name, we're told. It's very stark. It's very direct. Moshe Avdi Met. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan. You and all of this people, even uh, to the place that I've given to them, the sons of Israel, get up and go. After saying that, he notes the boundaries of the land. And you look in verse 4. In verse 3, he says, I've given you this land to tread on. It's going to be yours. He says, from the wilderness to the Lebanon. He goes to the land of Euphrates, the land of the Hittites. is a very broad border. Uh, the borders were never realized fully, by the way, in antiquity. It rates some kind of fulfillment into the future. It's not what Israel is today. He goes on to say, and it's interesting, to speak to the fear. He says in verse 5, to assure this man who is now the commander-in-chief. He says, no man will be able to stand before you in verse 5. And then, uh, as I was with Moses, he says, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. I think it takes courage to move forward in life. We're looking at Joshua more than a conqueror. To conquer, it takes courage. And I've said before in other contexts, if the devil has a favorite tool in his toolbox, I think it's discouragement, that is to suck courage out. By way of contradistinction, biblical literature encourages, that is to say, infuses with courage because it takes that in order to move forward in life. And I believe personally that it's, it's Yeshua, it's Jesus, who gives us a kind of courage to face the future. It seems to me personally that too many people live in the past. If you're driving a car and it's raining and the, the road is swerving and there's traffic, you don't want to spend an inordinate amount of energy looking in the rearview mirror and the side mirrors to see where you've been and what's behind you. You need the better part of your energy looking forward. So many people are shackled by the sins of the past. It's the grace of God that gives us a reset button that we can be forgiven of the past so that all of our energies can look into the future. And then we have the good Lord who enables us to get into the future we'll run into the angel of the Lord, a character who presents uh, a little bit in the text to, to Joshua, who's, who tends to fret. And uh, the angel of the Lord says, you know, I'm here, the captain of the Lord of hosts, I'm going to be with you. I think it's fascinating, by the way, in the Bible, there's the term, the Lord of hosts, Adonai Sivaot, 
famous expression, kadosh, 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 adonot, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, that is the Lord of the armies. And I don't mean that in a military sense as much as a spiritual sense. You know, when Yeshua was on the cross, he said, I could pray down legions of angels to, uh, to turn this situation around, but that wasn't the plan. It's good to know, speaking of plan, that we can get heaven's help for earthly dilemmas. The good Lord loves us, and like Joshua, he wants us to be more than a conqueror. We are experiencing transition with our Jewish roots as Dr. Seif has moved on to bigger and better things, but we're excited to have the Bearded Bible Brothers with us and your knowledge of what's going on, especially in this series right now, has been amazing. Oh, A lot of transition you. back in the day also. That's right. Just as Moses was passing the baton to Joshua, um, now we've received the baton from Jeff Seif. Jeff's moving on to Dr. Seif, moving to, to new things that the Lord has for him. A third PhD in Cambridge, you know, the Cambridge in England. He has some amazing things going on. And, and he had some special time. If you missed an episode, probably three weeks back in which he commissioned us. He passed that baton to us. And it's very important that that spiritual handing over and the laying on of hands, he laid his hands on us and prayed over us. And it, it's that application that the Lord wants to show that as he was with Jeff, he's with us now. As he was with Moses, he's with Joshua now. And it was so special for us. We enjoyed it. Dr. Seif is such an incredible man. Mm -hmm. uh, the wealth of knowledge that he has mm -hmm. through his discipline to pursue it, but his humility, uh, one mm -hmm. of the things that you might not know is the first thing he did uh, was go donate $1,000 to the ministry. Yeah. Didn't tell anybody about it. And I'm saying something about it just because that, I have such respect for the man who's like, not only am I moving forward, but I want to bless this ministry financially mm -hmm. so that it can thrive. Yeah. Uh, this, this passing of the baton uh, is so important for, for humans to be able to see what's happening in a transition and to be able to know who it's going to. God made a big deal about transitions mm -hmm. in the Bible, and that's why he had Moses uh, publicly yes. bless Joshua so that the people could see what was going on. Speaking of transitions being hard, this guy, for instance, has struggled with transition his whole life. I don't like change. He was the last I'm one to go man. from standard television to high def. <laughs> I don't think he has a checking account. He's never had social media. You know, anything moving forward can be hard for change, but it's cell important for last us. For cell phones, yeah. Last for cell phones, everything. <laughs> it's so important when God calls us to move forward that we do so um, because yes. we know that God has seasons and those seasons are so very important for us to step into and follow through with. That's true, and we've stepped into this next season. We've been with Zola Levitt Ministries for 17 years. For five years, we've been the Bearded Bible Brothers on social media, and, and we've been commissioned to now take over this new role in leadership. You're still gonna see Jeff, guys, um, after the Joshua series, Dateline Jerusalem, he's talking about prophecy, the third temple, red heifers, but that will be his last series, and, and he'll still, you'll still see him from time to time. He's like our mentor. He's still gonna show up when we're teaching in Israel, um, but it's gonna be amazing, and we're moving on to the things that God has in store for us, because he makes all things new, and he wants us to move into the new things and be obedient to him. That's right, so let's go back to Dr. Seif. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 1, we're told that Joshua came to the Jordan early in the morning. It's time for the crossing, and he went after it. There's a Talmudic saying that the righteous get after it early. That is to say, they just get on the move. 
They don't linger, they don't meander, they just get right to it at the break of day. And there's a good uh, point in all of that. Even the word immediately is used 42 times in the Gospel of Mark in the Greek to note that Jesus just got after it immediately. It's time to do God's work, let's get on to it. You know, before our head starts spinning and the devil talks us out of it, you know, fear will do that. In any case, I know that Joshua had a certain fearful proclivity and he had to put that behind him to get after it. And he gets up in the morning and he does it. He goes for it. The reason why I know that he had a fearful proclivity is because over and again, he's encouraged, fear not, fear not, fear not. And if he's told that over and again, that means he had it. And there's a point there, if Joshua can be fearful and still be more than a conqueror, then even that fear resides within us isn't a deal killer for us being more than a conqueror. We just have to listen to the faith, not to the feelings. And here, as noted, Joshua does just that. I love a passage in uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 5, where Joshua says to the people, sanctify yourselves. He says to do that, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. The word in the Hebrew, kadosh, you know, to make yourself holy, to set yourself apart in order to see God do something through you, something to you, for you, and through you. Today, churches, I get it, you know, we want to have different programs to attract more and more people, but people really need to experience God at work in their life, a saving hand from heaven. And for that, there is sanctify here, he says, and then he goes on to say in verse 7, inasmuch as he said sanctify before, then he says, this day will I begin to magnify you in the sight of all Israel. Actually, it's the Lord talking to Joshua. You know, Joshua was ordained, and uh, but there needed to be something miraculous, heaven's help, in order for him to be elevated. I mention this and I affirm this, and that is many in ministry today, leaders, we get degrees. I have a doctorate. I've been a professor for years, and I'm all about helping to prepare people to, to learn the scriptures and be a minister. But more than academic pedigree, for someone really to be a leader, there has to be something of the divine, the hand of God on their life somehow. And that has to be manifest to others that they're gonna be inclined to follow. And I mention that here because the crossing of the Jordan, uh, they could have just built some kind of embankment downstream and closed it off and marched, but they needed to see that there was heaven's help on the other side of the river. I mentioned that if you look at those soldiers, the numbering of them is over 600,000 and the various cities that they went into uh, in, in, the city of Eretz, in the city of Canaan, in the, in, the, in the land of Canaan, the first city was Jericho, these walled cities, they were small towns, they weren't enormous metroplexes. An enormous army could overcome them, but uh, in as much as you wanted to see some kind of miracle here at the Jordan, similarly, according to the text, when they made their way, uh, to the first city, and we'll get to this in another program, the walls came down. That is to say there's a miracle. That is to say there's the hand of God in the enterprise. To be sure, those men still had to do what men do. They had to get there and fight and work and take care of their business. 
Similarly today, you know, men, we have to get up. If we're going to be more than a conqueror, we've got to take care of business. A good work ethic, some courage, you know, chazak, be strong. I mean, that's, that's, that's necessary. That's not going to go away just because you have religion. But what you want is to see God's hand at work in your business when you're involved in the Lord's business. And so uh, this journey here with Joshua is punctuated by miracles on the front end. And then he goes on to say in verse 7, and, you know, that as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. In other words, there was miracle with Moses at the parting. There's miracle here. Same God, but it's a new, new, brand new generation. And there's new work for the new generation. And what happens, according to the text, the way this story plays out, the priests then bearing the Aaron Kodesh, the Ark of the Covenant, they go down to the Jordan and they dip their feet in the river and the river stops. It is a miracle and we're told at the end of chapter 3 and verse 17 that all Israel passed over on dry ground unto all the nation were passed clean over the Jordan. Again, what's noted in the Bible is a miracle. I believe in miracles, as I've stressed, I think it takes miracles. God does miracles to, uh, to, to break forth his kingdom into the world, to show that it is the Lord of hosts who's the advanced person in the enterprise, that he's spreading his kingdom, that his kingdom may come, and that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. People are interested in eschatology. When is the world going to all come under God's domain? And that'll happen in its own time. But we need to claim it in our own world right now. That is to say, within our respective spheres of influence. I'm talking to men, not just men, women too, but principally men, for you to be that man of courage, for you to be the one, uh, the priest of the family, for you to go first in the water, for you to get up early in the morning, and you let that faith drive you into the future and see what will happen. You know, men, we want the best in life. We feel we don't always get it. We think we, we go for an ideal. We think we got a raw deal. Uh, get that faith at work and uh, seek the Lord for what he would have you to do and find the divine strategy he has for you to help you to be the head and not the tail, to be a conqueror and not conquered, to be a victor and not a victim. And you yourself can experience with God how like Joshua, you can be more than a conqueror. For the Israeli Defense Forces, the saying more than conquerors is more than a slogan. My good friend, Chaim Mailspin, who serves with the Israeli Defense Forces, is going to give us a window into how the Israeli army is taught to go forth and slay the giants. Sarge, I got a question for you. When I look at the Israeli Defense Forces back in the day uh, with Moses, after Moses with Joshua leading them in, the religious go first. You know, they're bearing the ark, they're putting the foot in the water. There's miracle there. How does the religious work along with the Israeli Defense Forces today? Well, definitely when your life is, is threatened, when you're about to go into enemy territory, uh, you're, you want to you wanna pray. Even someone who's a complete atheist, doesn't believe in God at all, this happened to me. Someone came to me and said, Chaim, would you say a prayer? You and God have got this thing going. Would you just say a prayer that I'll make it out alive? And you have this 10 minutes to call your family. You don't give away any secrets, of course. And you just say, hey, I just want to hear your voice, you know hang up, then the rabbi will come out. He says, guys, I want to pray a prayer over you guys. And many of these people, they say, 
I said, only now you want to have a prayer? What about other times? And they said, I'm just curious today. I'm extra curious about God today. Because knowing that that evening we'd go into some very uh, heavy machine gun fire and very dangerous missions. Yeah, there's something about being thrown up to the edge of eternity that gives people a little religion that wouldn't otherwise be there. People talk about miracles and just the exploits of the Israeli Defense Forces. Uh, I know people talk about in America, do, do Israeli soldiers talk about miracles and God being with them when they're there in the thick of the battle? Well, absolutely. You know, right around here, the sun stood still for Joshua. And even today, I mean, I was under heavy ammunition fire and we were out and caught in the open. That's the worst place to be, uh, under fire in the so southern part of Israel. And bullets, I could hear them whizzing by my head. And I thought, for sure I'm going to die. I, I ran and dove behind this thing. And, and later when I processed this and I, and I returned fire and we secured the situation in the perimeter, set up a perimeter. But I asked myself, how did I survive? If a machine gun is firing at your entire company and none of us die, how is this possible? Well, you're a hero and I guess God is with you. Thanks, Sarge. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Wow, what Haim and Jeff were talking about, it's, it's heavy. Real life and death struggles still going on with the IDF. Ever since May 14, 1948, Israel was rebirthed. They became a nation again. Satan has been trying to meddle with that, sending armies all over them to try to wipe him out. But God has been with them every time to uphold his land and his people, and he is faithful to do so. And he still does the supernatural works. Still he doing the supernatural. He is still the supernatural miracle God yes. in the IDF. We hear Chaim all the time telling us, you won't believe what happened last week yeah. and the miracle that we experienced. It still happens as in the day of Joshua. That's right. We need to hear those past days of what happened, the miracles that took place. We do, and, and, and it's also important to carry that on to the next generation. Yes. You know. The next generation needs to hear the stories of the past because God has stories for them in the future. Uh, we were super blessed that we grew up at the tail end of the Jesus movement, and so our parents were taking us continually to meetings where an outpouring of God was so strong that we got to see with our physical eyes, the miracles that the Bible talks about. We never had to have faith for them. We got to see them growing up. Mm -hmm. And God is doing things today. You're hearing all over the world about revivals breaking out on college campuses mm -hmm. and different things. People trying to contain what they don't understand, but God wants to move in this generation. And that's why it is so important today when, when God is moving forward, uh, for you not to stand in the way, not to get in a feeling of uncomfortable because you don't understand it or it may seem new, but to encourage this next generation to grab a hold of what God has for them because He is ready to change this generation for Him. Amen. Right. And can I say that yeah. the two of you are a new generation of teaching oh, for this program and for this ministry. Mm -hmm. And we're on board. We hope that all of you are on board with us, with this ministry, we don't want to end. We want to keep telling the new generations the miracles of God and you make all of that possible. Your financial giving, I hate to say it, no one likes to talk money, but that will keep us on the air and on social media speaking the supernatural miracles of mm. God. Yes, we want to take these guys to Israel for teaching and dramatic reenactments. We have so much more and we cannot do that without your support, so we just want to say thank you. I also want to say this real quick. We would love for you to join us on a tour to Israel. We go both in the fall and the spring. It will change your life. We worship there. Teaching is amazing. We make dear friends for life. You'll find all the information on Levitt.com. So as always, Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem.
Join us right now for additional content that is only available on our social media sites. Visit our website, levitt.com, for the current and past programs, the television schedule, tour information, and our free monthly newsletter, which is full of insightful articles and news commentary. View it online, or we can ship it directly to your mailbox every month. Also on our website is the online store. There you can order this week's resource, or you can always give us a call at 1-800-WONDERS. Your donations to Zola Levitt Ministries helps us to support these organizations as they bless Israel. Please remember, we depend on tax-deductible donations from viewers like you.